Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Maybe Next Year, the podcast that would just like to keep this road-winning thing going. And that's actually not a football thing. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. That's our baseball update for the the week. Uh, I'd like to wish you both a happy anniversary, uh, not for our podcast, but on this day in 1960, the Buffalo Bills were granted a franchise. Ralph Wilson ah. was franchised in Buffalo for the following year, or 1959. It was either 1960 or 1959. I forget when their first year is, but this was the first year. This is the day that they said, okay, you're going to get a franchise in the AFL. So happy anniversary to both of you. Thank happy you. I, I wish anniversary. I want. I would really be curious what the Buffalo News headline the next day would have would have been like old old timey American football coming to Buffalo or something. Yeah, upstart American football league to replace yeah. our beloved AAFC, whatever you know, the AFL, we'll, the Double AFL. We'll, we'll never take over boxing as pride of place of American sports. <laughs> Think of the horses, says racing fan. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of racing fans. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills lost a football game. Uh, they lost 31 to 13. Uh, they uh, look. I'd like to say that I bl- I said that this smelled like a game that could get away from one team. I just thought Buffalo could pull away from it. Uh, I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I I'm gonna say I am now the only one. I I've won the pool. I am undefeated after seven weeks. So okay. Well, there you go. Scott and I were battling, but Scott picked Buffalo this game. So so. Down and Scott's one down and. Uh, Paul is undefeated on the week to week picks, though. I'd like to point out that on our quarterly picks, we are right on schedule. You know, seven two is what we thought. And then six and two is what we all have, you know, against the the Washington Redskins coming up next week. Um, It was it was a kind of brutal game in a lot of ways. Um, The, the, you know, Carson Wentz held the, you know, 172 yards and a touchdown. He was sacked three times. But they did it on the ground, 220-something yards uh, between five different rushers. Uh, the Eagles just absolutely owned the line of scrimmage in that regard. Uh, Josh Allen, no interceptions, but he did lose a fumble. Uh, two touchdowns thrown, four sacks, 169 yards, though, on a 47.1% completion percentage. Just a bad day for the offense and not a great day for the defense. Um, I think I'd like to go to Scott first because I think Scott has been trying to tell us this was hap- going to happen at some point all year, and I'm I'm ready to to I, accept the call the the Scott parade here. You're 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 coming back to church. You had a, you had a couple turnarounds in your life, and now suddenly things are looking bad, and you're like, well, maybe God's got some answers now. I don't know. Um, that's what I heard. <laughs> So according to the Washington Post, millennials aren't uh, going back to church in their older age. Like I'm a millennial. We're, we're beyond millennials. Well, not by much, but we're beyond it. Yes. Um, well, I'm watching the Miami Dolphins go into Pittsburgh and beat the beating the Pittsburgh Steelers 14 nothing. So I, I think there are there there might be a god out there. Maybe he's probably not a Dolphins fan, but maybe he's got some sort of way that this is happening. Anyway, um, yeah, the. Bills, yeah, this game got away from us. Obviously, you could see there was a couple points where maybe it would have been closer. I'm still not sure the Bills come out with a win because that run defense really just did not did not get off the bus. Like in the second half specifically, they were clearly worn down. And I don't think I've seen 
the Bills really get worn down like that there. So there's so few offenses that run that kind of offense anymore in the NFL, really, that, that run the ball that much. And some of the Bills have, have experimented with that at various points. But and actually, this game was when you could argue that the Bills need to spend more time running the ball, given how comparatively successful the run game was. Not that Allen wasn't. Allen was playing well for the first half. It's just I mean, the second half, they had pretty much. Um, you know, to a certain extent, it had gotten away from a little bit and then just stick, stick with the run that way uh, or stick with the pass that way. But at the same time, they were, you know, his last, I think his last 10 passes were incomplete. And yeah. uh, it was, you know, again, 16 for 34 is, is not a good, is not a good day. I, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about Allen because unlike many weeks, this is a week where there's plenty of other things to talk about. Um, you know, the, the run. Yeah. So I already talked to talked about the run defense, the offensive line. Um, again, I've been a little concerned about the offensive line. Allen's been able to make it work in terms of getting these comebacks done over the thing. They've been managing to creak out a couple yards here and there and get to 21 points, get to 24 points, maybe get to 31 if you're if you're on a good day. Um, but th- th- this weekend uh, was absolutely nothing of the sort. And, um, you know, John, John Feliciano, um, he's had some nice games for us this year. But, boy, he, he got cocked. Uh, he, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fletcher Cox kind of um, he he I don't know. He did some bad things to 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 John Feliciano in that game. There was not there was no there were no real answers there and it, it didn't really look good. I, I'm a little concerned by the coaching as well. Um, I'm sure Paul will, Paul can talk about oh, yep. Devin Singletary and some other things that we can get into at some point. Um, but, you know, I think some of it was was a little bit effort i don't know if maybe they didn't quite come to play on on sunday um but a lot of it i think was frankly the talent i think philly definitely came to play philly knew that they needed a win and they they wanted to go out and get one and then frankly through the bills i could kind of understand a little bit of a lot it's an nfc east game it's not a, it's not even a conference game uh, you're five and one you're you're trying to chase down the pats but everyone i think everyone in that building kind of knows that's not really gonna happen and other than that, you're looking around at an AFC that's not really going to have much, um, not going to have a ton of potential to catch you, frankly, because, you know, you got, again, teams like a lot of a lot of teams aren't playing that well. So I'll, I'll throw it to Paul at this point. For that. Yeah, and I think it's 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 a game where we're probably not going to talk about Allen much like Scott said, because there's so many other things that are worth noting. I'll start on the offensive sky, side of the ball and. Really, Scott has mentioned before, and Frank has, has agreed, and I've agreed, that we, we seem to think fairly well of Brian Dable as a coordinator. I think this was just a bad game for him. I think the the play calls didn't really take advantage of what was there. I understand you want to establish a pass-first offense to get with the trends of the league. Uh, but the Eagles generally did well, do well in pass defense, except with the deep ball. And they were getting Ronald Darby back this week. So they're more normal at cornerback. And this seemed like a good week, especially with you having some early success with Frank Gore up the middle uh, to really give it to Singletary more. They gave it to him three times. I think he averaged over seven yards a carry on his three carries. He did have six targets in the passing game. But I feel like they could have gotten him involved more, period, but also get him involved earlier. He played over... 60 some percent. I think it was close to 70% of the snaps, whereas Gore only played 20 some percent of the snaps. And yet they didn't really do enough to dial up plays to get him the ball. And if they did, they didn't execute those plays. And that's something that's got to be addressed when you have this guy who made you say LaShawn McCoy is 
you know, we can just, you know, discard him this year because we'll have a player who can fill in more than adequately in that role uh, on an offense that's starved for playmakers and he'll do well. And I think we agree that Singletary has started off well, but he needs to be given more of a chance than he got this week. And then, yeah, the big, uh, oh, the other thing I wanted to mention on offense, kind of funny, like we talked about the Bills in the past not being able to finish drives. I feel like after their TD drive in the third quarter, the Bills flipped the script from can't finish drives to let's not even start drives. Let's just go three and out every opportunity we get or six and out as it was in one occasion. They could barely seem to execute anything of, of value. On to the defensive side of the ball. I mentioned this on Twitter. I have become much... I have been a defender of Star Lodolele for a while. I, I just can't really justify it anymore. Uh, you know, he's a guy who's supposed to be occupying blockers. And if he's being single teamed, he should be shedding a block, causing running backs to change lanes or, you know, making the tackle himself. And instead, the Eagles essentially ran per both them and the Bills the same running play over and over with different looks and continued to get success. And Lodolele was on the field more yesterday than he was in any previous game because Kyle Pecco, uh, you know, we'd like to interacting with us on Twitter, Kyle, but you're frankly a, a step down is a one technique defensive tackle from what Harrison Phillips brought earlier in the season. So, and I also think it's worth mentioning that the struggles of Levi Wallace really seemed to continue this game. He got better in the second half against the dolphins after a terrible first half, but he was picked on a lot. And I expect if he comes back from his injury this week, he, they're going to continue to pick on that spot. And that's going to be an issue for, for Trey White, if they're not throwing the ball to him, Leslie Frazier did say they watched tape. They identified a lot of things today and they'll clean them up. Every coach is going to say that. And to Leslie's credit, said, but I guess we'll see on Sunday. So we'll, we'll see on Sunday. And uh, the one final sad note I mentioned last week, since the beginning of last year, the bills and games with one or fewer turnovers were nine and oh, they are now nine and one in games where they have turned it over uh, you know, one or fewer times. So just, when, when you're not turning over the ball a ton and you still get smacked in the face, you know, you just tip your cap to a team that was better than you, played a brutal game, outplayed you, and deserved the win. So kudos to Philly on that. The Buffalo Bills spend a lot of time, um, at least the first couple of years, talking about what a great blue-collar team uh, city Buffalo is and how, you know, we're all here to run the ball and stop the run. Um, especially in the elements. I believe I've heard that a few times out of the coach's mouth. And I'd like to not downplay how windy it was in Buffalo on Sunday, which is all the more surprising for me that they got away from Frank Gore and Devin Singletary. Singletary averaging more than six yards a carry on his three rushes, just the three. Frank Gore, almost four rushes a carry on his nine. And so it really bugged me that on a day when it probably behooved you to run the ball a bit more. They got away from it and they got away from it in the second half and they got away from it because they were down and it bugged me that they did that. The other thing that's disappointing you look, I've been waiting for a game, you know, unlike Scott, I want to harp on Josh Allen a bit because I've been waiting for this game. I've been waiting for the game where they're down by more than a score and he needs to throw the football later in the game and he needs to make some completions and he didn't do it. And it was very disappointing for me. That's the first time I felt like, damn, like that's not good enough. I do think that the wind affected things. I know there was the one pass to Robert Foster at the beginning, towards the early part of the game where 
Foster was basically in an all-out sprint, like he had to rush to catch the ball, and the ball lands behind everybody, and I'm I'm almost certain that must be because that, of the wind right like it yeah just, that's like, a, and i'm glad you said that because at first i watched him like wow josh really underthrew that ball that's a change of pace and then i got angry at foster I'm like why didn't foster go back to that ball and then i'm like oh i bet he hit a wall of wind and just knocked it down yeah i think the Allen looking really confused after the play yeah i think the wind's the only thing that really makes sense there you know even if you try to take a little off the ball it's 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 uh he he was going with the wind and even when you're going with the wind if it gets caught up funny it can anyway the point is that there it, it was an elements game and it was very disappointing that they they got away from a handful of things that worked I'd like to chalk this game up to the fart game I feel like every team every year has a fart game I thought maybe you know they had gotten a little bit of a wake up call last week against Miami and then they pulled it together and this week they didn't I'm the other thing I'm worried about is the you know. You, Paul talks about star and, and like if, if teams can do that, if teams can control the middle of the line of scrimmage, especially running the ball, they're going to do that and they're going to keep the ball away from Buffalo and it's going to be a problem. It's going to keep bad teams in the game. I I want to say that I believe that Leslie Frazier and company can find a way to fix that. But part of that is going to have to be Buffalo's offense needs to be able to sustain drives and score points and, you know, Everybody on the offense, including Brian Dable, needs to do better. And this was the first game that I really was sort of disappointed in Josh Allen. I felt this is the first time I really felt like I needed more out of him and I didn't get it. So not writing him off or anything like that. I'm just sort of saying, you know, this is the first time I really felt like, you know, I can't put this under. He's a rookie or he's young or he doesn't have weapons. Um, He needs to be able to do more in that situation when they need him. And he didn't do it. So I did look at some of the advanced metrics for him, and it's pretty it's pretty interesting that like his drop rate is actually pretty low. His um, bad throw percentage, according to Pro Football Reference, is very low. He's not actually making a lot of bad throws. What he's making are these short throws that are are, are going for some yards with not a ton of yards after, and he's certainly missing on the big throws. Um, so I think he's doing some things right. I still think he's doing some things right, but. Today was the day where I needed to see the gunslinger and I didn't, or yesterday was the day I needed to see the gunslinger and I didn't see him. Um, I have more faith that the defense will figure it out, but this is the game. This is the game that, you know, is a step up from the the garbage uh, that they are mostly playing and they didn't take the garbage out. The, The best news for them, most of their schedule is still garbage. So they should be they should be and getting more garbagey by the second as i'm sure we will discuss when we talk about the the rest of the the con, the division here um but if we could get to three stars cuz we're 15 minutes in and uh we want to we want to keep things moving yes we can do three stars i will pull up the three stars now excellent honorable i can vamp for a minute oh go ahead yep you're good no honorable mention star goes to uh jordan howard 23 carries 96 yards uh, a healthy 4.2 average and a touchdown, obviously, um, you know, not, not a, obviously one half of the, of the, of the Eagles running attack that basically was the difference in the game is that, you know, both quarterbacks played eh, efficiently, not, not lighting the house on fire to a certain extent, but one team could, could run the ball and stop the run and the other one did. And, and Jordan Howard was part of that. We'll get to the other one in a second here, obviously. Um, but yes, and then I'll go third star. I will give this to Matt Milano, who, despite the fact that the Eagles were able to run the ball fairly well, I still want to say he had a pretty good game um, with 13 tackles and turning, including three for a loss. Um, 
And I think the defense in general is still better with him. Um, just not obviously not enough to get it done, but I didn't want to completely overlook the effort. And frankly, I didn't find another, a lot of other bills who really kind of deserve much. I mean, the, the rest of the defense, I don't want to say let me down. Trey white had a decent game. I would say um, not, not perfect, but, but at least decent. Um, but otherwise the, you know, Teron Johnson had a sack on a, on a quarterback blitz, but other than that, really not much to ride home on that side. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then you go over to the other side and you get uh, your second star was uh, Miles Sanders, who, uh, you know, if you only have six touches and you're the second star, you probably <laughs> did something pretty good in those six touches. And obviously he had the big 65 yard run right up the gut uh, out of this coming out of the second half which absolutely, um, I don't want to say set the tone for the rest of the game, but um, A, put the Bills in a big hole when they thought they'd have a chance to kind of dig out getting into the second half when they probably had some confidence about, you know, well, we've been in this position before. We've, we've you know, we got a chance to get in there, uh, to, to come back and get third or fourth quarter, get some, you know, turn this game into one of the other games like we've had. And obviously, like, you know, they didn't have any runs like that against them in the previous games. And, and Miles Sanders, uh, better known as Saquon Barkley's backup at Penn State uh, until he finally got a little bit of playing time uh, his senior year, I believe. But, yeah, three three receptions for 44 yards and three carries for 74 yards and a touchdown. Um, so obviously a good day at the office. And then, then obviously he was injured, so he probably could have gotten, gotten more if, uh, if the Bills weren't careful um, or if he didn't get injured, I guess would probably be the, the better way to say it. Um, so, we call that the Singletary star, by the way. You get very few touches, but you make a ton of explosive plays, and then you get hurt before the game ends. That's true. I like it. I like yeah. that. It's was very good. Um, and then uh, I will give the first star to go ahead and give it to Fletcher Cox. Six tackles, one and a half sacks. Um, just, uh, I, you know, blowing up run plays, making it difficult for the Bills to get up the middle, um, you know, in Josh Allen's face. I think Allen... Um, you know, I'm, I'm pleased that Allen didn't make more bad decisions on some level because the amount of pressure that he was under for some of this game. Um, but in general, a, a, a valiant effort by a, uh, an Eagles defense that must have been smarting after getting housed in Dallas. Um, and now that's obviously a, a game that will raise questions for this team going forward. Uh, you know, I think there were times when we thought this, that Dallas game was going to be an L, you know, kind of in the beginning of the season before the season started. And then Dallas kind of had the wheels come off for a little bit there. Um, but now Dallas clearly on track again, and the Bills still have to go down there to play them. So uh, we'll see what happens with that one. But those are your three stars. Thank you very much, Scott, as always, for our three stars. Uh, let us now discuss the injury report from the early part of the week. Levi Wallace with a shoulder. He is day-to-day, and Cody Ford has an elbow problem. He is also day-to-day, uh, otherwise regular uh, practice limitations will probably apply this week. I mean, it, going through the week, I wouldn't be surprised if some guys who played this week are limited, but will still play mm-hmm. next week kind of thing. Um, certainly the Wallace injury is concerning for me. Um, and the Ford one, just from Scott's point of view, that the, the, the depth in the line period, it's not that I'm, I'm in love with any particular lineman, but certainly the more of them, the better. Do we have any pressing comments on either of these injuries or any of the injury any of the injury front or have we duly notified our audience and and (laughs) can move forward once we know wednesday or so we're gonna they'll they'll have the the questionable and like you know frank the limited someone might get hurt in practice that can happen on certain weeks but i think the wallace injury yeah this could be concerning it one he struggled a bit but he's still definitely better than kevin johnson in that role no offense Mm -hmm. to kevin 
so that's a depth issue. And then you brought up the depth too. issues on the, the line already. Like after Cody Ford and uh, and uh, Ty Inseki on the outside, you're one injury away from Ryan Bates being your right tackle. And that's that's something you got to be concerned about. And Inseki is older and, well, not particularly injury prone. You know, he hasn't played 100% of the snaps in any game because of the rotation. So something to keep in mind. Uh, the team seems to be otherwise healthy, and as Paul Paul has noted in our agenda here, linebacker Tyrell Dotson has has had his suspension lifted. He can practice but cannot play against Washington, and the Bills have until Monday, November fourth, to add to him to the roster or release him. Um, I I forgot that he was even on the team. Yeah, I think we all did. He was an undrafted free agent. He had the Domestic issue, which we will not speculate on over the offseason. This is an interesting one today because the Bills have struggled so much with linebacker depth. I thought if Milano didn't come back this week, there was a good chance Dodson makes the roster. Yeah. Obviously, when you have a domestic incident like the type he had, it is if the team teams will be just prone to release you if you're a nothing player in that role. That is really distressing that that's the standard, uh, but it tends to be. But the fact that they hung on to him, let the legal process play out. He was found not guilty of certain things, but he was found guilty enough to be suspended by the league. And the Bills obviously think he's he's worth something. They're going to let him practice with them this week. So we'll see if they add him to the roster. And if so, if we maybe lose an Ike Butker type from the roster who hasn't played at all. But uh, with this, this team is lacking in linebacker depth. So I'm kind of I I would expect them. I'd expect him to stick, to be honest. But we'll. And I'll, I'd expect him to get playing time, at least on special teams. We'll see how it goes. Okay. I, uh, I, I'll disagree. All right. Scott, you... want to? Uh, I agree with Frank. Uh-huh. I think Paul's points are pedantic and uh, not really well argumented. It's argumented. That's a word. Yeah, it is. It is for this discussion. Um, okay, so the trade deadline, and in part of the I trade could just deadline, talk to my wife for this conversation, guys. Yeah, well, we'll just disagree. <laughs> like, if I wanted to be disagreed with, I wouldn't be on a podcast. Um, the I, I'd like to point out that the Miami Dolphins traded Kenyon Drake, uh, so he's gone, and it looks like the Jets have also traded defensive lineman Leonard Williams to the New York Giants. Uh, the Dolphins, as we record. They're up fourteen nothing on the Pittsburgh Steelers. So and, and and driving as we speak, they are now in the Steelers territory. Oh, they're in punt. No, they're in punt formation according to ESPN. But I'm not gonna. Oh, okay. I know first and ten at the Miami thirty. No, we're good. Okay. Anyway, uh, good for them if they want to win a game. That's a great game for them to win. Um, but any, in any event, the 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 division gets a little bit weaker on the lower end. Not that not that we needed the help there. I don't think, but. It certainly, you know, it, it makes the next Miami and the next next Jets game all the easier to handle, hopefully. But uh, the deadline is tomorrow. So by the time some of you listen to this, it'll be trade deadline day and maybe even the deadline will have passed. Um, but, you know, the Bills have some needs. There are some defensive tackle and defensive end needs. Certainly wide receiver is, you know, I think an O-line are probably the two Offensive needs that people would agree on most. Running back is a possibility. Trent Williams from Washington could actually switch teams before the game. Uh, although, given the the way the Washington works, I think that they're too petty to do that. I feel like they would really, like, even if it was a good trade, they'd sort of just be like, Meh. Um 
Robbie Anderson from the Jets is apparently available. Melvin Gordon from the the Chargers still available. Uh, there's also obviously everybody else in the universe of football. Um, yeah. I don't know. For me, Melvin Gordon is is six of one half dozen to the other. I understand he's an expensive running back, but the Bills can afford him. I think he gives them a step up probably from Gore and and um, uh, Devin Singletary, but. How much of a step? I'm not sure. I know he's not a big pass-catching running back, which is kind of more what I'd be interested in. But he's a weapon. He's an offensive spark. And you don't have to commit to him if you trade to him, if you trade for him necessarily. So if you don't want to overspend going forward on a running back, that's fine. You don't have to do it. Um, you know, it could be like a baseball trade where you get a reliever that you know is going to leave in three or four months, but you need him for the run. Um Paul, where do you where are your thoughts on on trade? Pardon me. Theo. Yeah, no, I, th- I think Scott. Brought, yeah, yeah, Scott brought the point last week, and I I agreed with him. I don't think positionally on offense, I I I'm not thinking we needed a specific player at X position, but it, it, <laughs> I said X position like I was about to go mm. in a narrative um, at a particular position. But what I think is that they need they need playmakers of some sort, and I I like Scott would really like seeing something added to the running back position if the cost is not too heavy because while Gore has been steady and Singletary has shown flashes, obviously they have not been game-breaking type players this season. Frank Gore has been that guy. Those days Mm -hmm. are probably over. Singletary may be that guy in the future. It's certainly plausible he becomes that, but for a team that has aspirations to win now while they have a quarterback on a rookie contract and Trey White and Matt Milano on their rookie contracts, you know, really a team that's hoping to be a playoff contender this year and a Super Bowl contender by 2020. Yeah, I, I think you got to look into maybe a playmaking running back on, on the wide receiving end. You know, same deal. If you get a playmaker, great. But they already they they benched Robert Foster last week. They benched Isaiah McKenzie this week. These are. The, the those guys were like top two or three guys on your offensive is uh, you know offensive team is wide receivers last year now one of them every week is just not able to get on the field that they have so much more quality depth there so many more NFL caliber players so I'm not as hung up on that uh, what I will say is after this weekend really you know the interior line especially on defense is something I I think about. Uh, a lot with the way Star got gashed. If you can find a good one technique defensive tackle, which Joe Bascalia brought up in the athletic, they tend to come a little cheaper on the trade market. Now, not a lot of people are out there trying to get one technique defensive tackles. You could probably get one for a sixth round pick or a bottom of your roster player. Who's at least a step up over Kyle Pecco, if not over star little Laley. And then on the, uh, uh, what other was one other position I was going to mention, which I will think of in a, uh, Second, uh, we're not talking about long snappers anymore. I'm just yeah, not gonna no, do I, it again. We got the whole other pod for that, I think. All right, that's right, we do. My bad. Uh, defensive end was the other position, doesn't look like a position of need, but remember, Trent Murphy is gonna cost, I think, over nine million dollars to keep next year, and they save seven and a half million of that if they cut him. He is not worth nine million dollars a year, even though he's played okay. Shaq Lawson's on the last year of his contract. If you can get a defensive end who is under contract for both this year and next year, and he is a quality player. I have no problem shelling out that you know early third day pick, a third rounder or fourth rounder, to get such a 
a player because that's going to be an area of need going forward. And it's not like Murphy and Lawson, though fine, have been world beaters across from Jerry Hughes. Yeah, I, I think I think Paul hits on a good one at the end. I think that would I think there are definitely there were times in the in this game on Sunday when it was just Wentz would would just waiting back there for something to happen, and then eventually it got to the point where he was, you know, yeah, maybe he'd run, um, which on some level you'll live with a little bit, but you know when it's third down and it's only five yards, you kind of want to be able to get him in the pocket there. Um, so I think DN would be a great one. I mean, Yannick and Gakway, I don't know if he's still on the on the market down in Jacksonville, but I know um uh that would be one that has come up before. And yeah, just briefly touching on the offense to to build off what Paul said and as well as what's last week. Again, like the you know so AJ Green's, you know, yeah, theoretically maybe on the market, right? But it's uh it's two uh it's gonna be two first rounders to get him. And I, I don't know how that's you can do, make that trade with you this team. I agree that AJ Green is a better receiver, at least right now, presuming he's healthy, which obviously he has not been, um, than uh, than John Brown and Cole Beasley and Robert Foster and those guys. But I'm not sure that he's so much better that we need to mortgage the entire future of the franchise for him, and that uh, you're really going to get that much more talent on him. And if you're not going to get AJ Green, then like Robbie Anderson, like <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders, like these are guys that's like, Oh yeah, that's a huge upgrade over John Brown. Like, no, that's not, that's like, I mean, again, like, yeah, they could fill out the roster and, 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 and slot in there, but I'm pretty sure like Robert Foster and Isaiah McKenzie can, can, can get better. Um, and we've got those guys for less money and, and on the cap. And I think get better this year, get better this year with more snaps, not just get better in theory at some point in their careers. So, um, yeah, I think I think this team should seriously consider some some trades. Um, I think we've got the capital to do that. Uh, I think it's just a question of making sure that you don't you don't want to spend too much. But I, I think Frank makes a good point that you do want to also capitalize on, you know, the kind of the Josh uh, Allen rookie kind of, uh, you know, um, window to a certain extent, rookie contract window. I hadn't even said all that, but I'll take credit for it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. Can you drink going to Arizona Leonard Williams to the giants uh, as, as Paul put in the, in the agenda, but I hadn't read that far. So I felt like I had scooped you guys on that. Um, and as to your last points, I just found out that two Instagram models had flashed the picture at the nationals game last oh, night. Oh man, I found that out when I got up. I well, yep, that's what she said. Got up. Oh. That's a right. Got up is is yeah. I had no clue, and I'm oh, disappointed in all of you. Oh, a Google News alert on flashing. Yeah, just it's, it's, yeah, you got to be ready for it. Uh, so yeah. I whatever wonderful things Scott had just said, I right in one ear and out the other as I was deciding whether I felt like these women were trashy or if they were attractive they, they, look they they certainly those do are, those things are not mutually exclusive you no are. they're not but i i hadn't decided if i felt like it was okay or not but apparently they were raising awareness and money for something that raises money Rest for cancer, cancer. Yeah. so i guess that's as good a reason as any um to do that uh this day in bill's headlines i gave you the big one. Oh no did, uh yeah. i did so let's do this day in bill's headlines because there weren't really facebook questions brian wanted to know if if we thought it was a a bad day or if there's something been figured out and i think we discussed that and and steven wanted to know if josh allen is hitting these deep balls in practice and none of us know that so i'm just going to say yes uh 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess too, because we they generally close most of practice to the media, and I haven't heard anything leak out about his deep ball accuracy or lack thereof. That said, and this is a compliment to the Bills dressing room, not a lot of leaks seem to come out of that dressing room. Not a lot of stuff about what's going on in practice once those doors close. So uh, they seem to have built a, a good culture in that regard. But, of course, leaves us clueless as to how the hell Josh is doing on those deep balls. Precisely. Um, sure you don't want to kill with another question while we wait for this uh, siren to go, go by? Uh, I just make a joke about deep balls and boob flashing, but I don't think I will. Um I think what I'll do is just do this until the siren's pretty much done. All right. That's good. All right. I'm going to try to talk through the siren. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, well, I gave, I gave the big headline, right? The big headline is today's the anniversary yes. of Bills becoming a thing. Which, so. yes, kudos to Frank for catching that because I did not. I just started my research later in the day today. So uh, here we go. All right. 2018. This is October 28th. Bill's mailbag, should the team make a play for blank? It, and then the subheadline is, in a word, no. Blank is obviously troubled. He's been booted from every program he's been a part of, going back to St. Joe's High School, which is my alma mater, by the way. Think about how a poor person, uh, think about how <laughs> poor a person's decision-making is if they're throwing away an NFL career. That's what he did. Given his background, he had to know that he, he had a one-strike policy with the Broncos. And he couldn't even last two years. Um, he is not a bill, but there's a definite, definite bills connection. He is currently on the Colts practice squad. Oh. Hmm. So don't make a play for him. Yep. Denver Bronco. Yep. Bills practice. It's the quarterback. Yeah, Colts practice squad quarterback. He was it's, Mr. Irrelevant his... out of Ole Miss. Oh, Chad Kelly. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Chad, Chad Kelly. Kelly. Jim Kelly's nephew. All right. 2017. This will probably be the easy one. And but I've said that before. All right. <laughs> Bills True. trade former first round pick blank. Uh, 2017. Bills yeah. trade. For former first round pick blank. So this it's Sammy Watkins. No, it was after Sammy. Yeah, after Sammy. In season uh, trade, there are definite um, hints I can give you. I want to. Cordy was a second rounder. All right, and that was uh, off season uh, after the season. Yeah. Stefan uh, Gilmore during the season. Traded. Um. One of the hints is they exchanged his massive contract for long-term cap relief. Oh, um, that's the trick. It, Marcel Darius. Marcel Darius and his running so dog. There you yes. go. For the right. sixth-round pick, right. Yep, which became a fifth-round pick because the Jags made the playoffs and Darius played in every game. So good job. I'll perform. Good job performing that contract for one season. Now I think he's injured and he got... Uh, pulled over with pot. Uh, Hashtag not our problem. Yep. Goodball. Love it. All right. 2016. This is an interesting one. I could go either way on how you guys will do on this one. Okay. Uh, um, blank is Bill's player of the week. Several of Blank's tackles came down the field because the Dolphins running back, Jay Ajayi, was breaking into the secondary far too often, leaving Blank to clean up the mess. But someone had to do it, or Ajayi may have gone up for 300 yards. What year was this again? This was 2016. 
All right. This person is a graduate of Turner Carroll High School in Buffalo, which is my Uncle Mark's alma mater, and the University of New Hampshire. So cornerback or a safety, right, Scott? Yep. Secondary yeah. guy. 2007, round five, uh, pick 168 by the Bears. His career Ooh. trajectory, Bears. Then he went to the Ravens, where he won a Super Bowl. Played three seasons in Buffalo, 2014, 15, and 16. Finished so his Rex Ryan guy. Finished his career with a Jim Schwartz guy, because then he finished his career with the Eagles in 2017 and 18, and winning a Super Bowl with them in 2017. EJ Gaines. No, no. He was, uh, let's see, he went to Cleveland, I think, after he left Buffalo, and then went back to Buffalo. Now he's out there somewhere again. Um, a name you will know. Charles but... Dickens, famous English novelist. It was actually Mrs. Dalloway. So you had to get the, you know, <laughs> the book. Um, nope, the correct answer. Let's see. Think, uh, think Feldman and Haim. Corey Booker. Corey. Think Corey, of a type of tracker. Corey Ritz. Ritz. <laughs> wow. Corey, Corey I Saltine. Have, I have great insight into what you each think is a quality cracker. Like are you these, both uh, I jumped in with Ritz like right off the bat. Like there was not even another cracker. It wasn't even like right. Triscuit. Like I, I would have said you, Triscuit. You but, fucking cracker snob. You listen uh, here. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, now we've take got... kind lady. You talking down to my Ritzes. Uh, and Triscuits. Corey. Corey Graham. Graham cracker. That, that's not even a cracker. A Graham cracker is a cracker. That's a, not a cracker. Cr- it's Graham not. cracker is not a cracker. Graham cracker is basically a cookie. cookie. Well, I'm going to have to tweet this. The title of our podcast is going to be Is a Graham cracker a cracker? You know, I think that I think that is. I'm going to hot dog sandwich. I'm yeah. going to tweet that on the baseball pod, the baseball <laughs> Twitter right now at Nationals 101. <laughs> Is a this is, gra- this is where civilization stopped, everyone. You were here. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. And even in know this 2019, was the nuclear bombs ended up landing on most of America when they refused to acknowledge that graham crackers were not actually crackers. Ah, uh, I love when we can vamp like this because we're only at 38 minutes. We're doing <laughs> maybe next year. Right, what's All right, next. All, All right. right, I've got the up, so I'll give you. I'll give you. Uh, any updates as we yeah, go I'll there, pop yeah. okay. on here. So we'll see if we see any. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, Paul. All right. 2014. Blank outsnaps Brown by wide margin. Uh, and this is analyzing the Bills' playtime percentages versus the Jets. Many were wondering how the running back situation would shake out, and the Bills made a statement by their usages of Blank and Bryce Brown. The Bills significantly favored Blank, giving him 75% of the snaps, while Brown got the remaining 25%. And as a hint, this has to do with the, oh, I know what a good hint is. Frank was just talking about something that happened at the Nationals game yesterday. Flashing. Yeah, yeah, thinking. Oh, Booby Dixon. Booby Dixon. <laughs> yeah. Booby Dixon. So he was the one who, this was when uh, both Spiller and Freddie were hurt. And oh, man, that was a dark, dark day for running backs in 2014. All right. 2011, Bills Jackson and Washington's blank share a bond. 
When you come into the league as a Division Three player, you're coming with a chip on your shoulder knowing they're always trying to replace you and they don't think you are good enough, Blank said. They don't really know the full story of why you may have ended up the level you played at, and there's always a reason why the Division Three players defiantly play with a chip on their shoulder. This Division Three player was undrafted in 1998, and he's a graduate of a semi-local John Carroll. He would play four seasons with the Rams. He would play five with the Bills from 02 to 06. And as he was in 2011, his last seven seasons in Washington where he made four Pro Bowls. London Fletcher Baker. London Fletcher Baker. Yeah, all right. We got that one. All right, 2010. Benching marks new low for Bills linebacker Blank. Says he might have to get used to it. Coach Changeli said there's no telling when he might get a chance to play. Is he winless Bills of 0-6 prepared to play the 4-2 Chiefs at Kansas City on Sunday? Hmm. Now think why this might be a new low. Like who, who would who would you care if there was a linebacker who was just being you know inactive on a game day? What would make that newsworthy? What was the year again? 2010. 2010. Aaron Mabin? Yes, very good, Scott. Yeah. First round pick of 2008. Rode the Pines, he would be uh, he would be released just a few games later. 2005. Cornerback Blank gets extension with Bills. Agent Terry Bowler told the Associated Press the deal was worth $18 million, including a $5 million signing bonus. He was originally a fourth-round selection from Northwestern State in 2003. Terrence McGee. Terrence McGee. Attaboy. As you guys are rocking it today, and we only got three to go. All right. 2004. Bills expecting improved offense with Blank's return. Now, here's the hint here. This headline is actually referring to the opposing team. So they're expecting that the opposing offense is going to be better with the return of this player. And this is a headline from azcardinals.com. 2004. I actually went to this game. Okay. So it's from the... Arizona paper in 2004 yep. mm-hmm. and they're expecting that somebody in Arizona yep. is going to make it a better day against against our, the bills. Very against good. The bills. Okay. Which, so it's, which it did not because the bills began a seven game win streak with a win over Arizona that week. All right. So this is not the day that, that Trent Edwards gets destroyed. Nope. Uh, I think that's 2008. Probably. Eight, yep, that was 2008. Okay. So, so 2004, that, this is a non bills, this is a player who at that time did not play for the Bills, but did but play would for the Bills. Yes. And would later. Well, play. you know, let's put it this way. Eh, did he really later play for the Bills? That's all I'm going to say. I don't want to give too many hints here. Okay. I'm trying to be as ambiguous as possible. Think Arizona Cardinals Offensive Players 2004. Um... Uh, uh, coming okay. up empty on my NFC West early 2000s. All right, let me give you the uh, I'll give Scott the colleges here because he tends to do well this, with those. This guy was a two. Let's see, where's his draft? 2003 round two pick out of Florida State. He was the NFL Offensive Rookie Player of the Year in 2003. He would make three Pro Bowls. 
He was a Super Bowl champion in Super Bowl 47. He played for the Arizona Cardinals, Baltimore Ravens, San Francisco 49ers, Detroit Lions 2016. And then it says Buffalo Bills 2017, but it has an asterisk there for offseason and or practice squad member only. Hmm. Hmm. So made his name with seven seasons with the Cardinals, three good years with the Ravens, won a Super Bowl, three mediocre years with the Niners, one okay year with the Lions, and one non-year with the Bills. That's um, uh, this might be this might Jake be. Plummer. <laughs> uh, no. If if no, I think it was uh, Daniel Decatur Emmett, American songwriter, entertainer, and founder of the first troupe of blackface minstrel tradition. Which is why we don't want to talk about him because it was such a <laughs> controversial thing. Let's start. Good pull, Frank. Ah, <laughs> uh, perfect. I'll slowly give the answers so you can try and jump in with the guess before I quite give it. Uh, he signed with the Bills on October seventh of twenty seventeen and retired on August twentieth of twenty seventeen. That is life's purpose is bigger than football. football. <sighs> Who was the guy? Oh. <laughs> Anquan Bolden. Anquan Bolden is correct. Well done. So uh, we will continue on here as we go to 2002. Blank streak for grabs ends. Uh, it's, uh, he says, there's a little disappointment, but I knew eventually they would come to an end, he said, after his streak of 128 consecutive games with the reception ended. I think I could have very easily had a catch true today. It was just one of those days where the ball didn't bounce that way. All right, so no immediate answer, so I'll give another hint. He had 785 at the time. I'm sure he had more before his career ended. He had 785 receptions, are the most ever by a running back, and he's focusing on another streak, the Bills' three straight wins, because he says he doesn't know if he's ever been a team that's won that many in a row as a 13-year veteran, because he played for some terrible teams. Are we in, are we in fullback territory here? Yeah, I would say fullback. I, I classify this guy as a fullback. There are others who would say officially a running back, but he barely ran the football. He was out there more as a blocker and a guy who would come out of the backfield to catch passes, which he did prolifically well. I'll see. Look at his page now. He finished with uh, 827 uh, career receptions for 6,797 yards. Another Arizona Cardinal who once had 101 Catches for 962 yards, and he is listed as a fullback on Pro Football Reference. I feel like I guessed Larry Centers a while ago. So yep, you did, no, yeah, it is Larry Centers. Good job. Good job. All right. Here we go, I, guys. Do you, ever, do you ever start a sentence and not realize it's going to end in blackface minstrel tradition? Yeah. <laughs> That was, you know, I know you're just coughing, but I'm like, you're going to, you know, something And then, the, yeah, no, the worst thing was, like, I had this absolute, like, dry <laughs> spot in the back of my throat that just killed me. My eyes were watering. I had to mute and walk away. So I apologize. I started reading that sentence because I said, oh, songwriter, entertainer, we'll just go with it. And then I got to the end of the sentence. <laughs> and this is why we always leave that joke to Scott, because he's so much better versed in yes. history. Right. Scott, Scott's a history. Yeah, as soon as you said his name, I mean, I knew it. I was like, oh, Frank, what are you? Like, like <laughs> Frank, don't finish reading that entry. This is the danger zone. Uh, I, I know who that is, but you don't, you idiot. Jesus. <laughs> well, we don't shy away from history on this podcast, the ugly and the good, so. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. All 
right. right. Well, at the risk of alienating the rest of our <laughs> listeners at this point, <laughs> let's move on to our this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> let's move on to our final trivia question on this day in Bill's headlines from 2001, which will not be an actual headline, but it's my segment. I can stretch the rules, damn it. All right. So I mentioned before we started the pod, it was 18 years ago. Today was the historic Bills lost to the Chargers 27 to 24 in the famous Flutie versus Johnson Bowl. Rob Johnson had a great day, passed for over 320 yards, drove him for a late <laughs> touchdown, but then there was a long kick return and Flutie ran it in. But then Johnson, with less than a minute left, drove them downfield and Jake Aarons had his field goal blocked. Very depressing. Uh, but they used to call San Diego, the then San Diego Chargers, Bills West because their front office personnel, John Butler and A.J. Smith, had been exiled there. And as a result, you tended to get a lot of former Bills with the Chargers, Sam Rogers being one of them, a bunch of other guys. Mm -hmm. So on this particular day, there were three former Bills who lined up and started for the Chargers. One of them, of course, Doug Flutie, 1998 Heroics, won him the NFL Comeback Player of the Year with Buffalo. A second was defensive tackle John Perella, the Bills' 1993 second-round pick from the University of Nebraska, who... Played in Super Bowl 28 with Buffalo, 29 with the Chargers, and is now the Browns assistant defensive line coach. And the third player is whom? I will give you two hints. He is. I'll give you two hints to start. He played 10 years in the National Football League. He was the Bills' 1997 second-round pick out of the football powerhouse Columbia University. Marcellus Wiley. Oh, wow. I, I can't give colleges so early because Scott's just going to nail these. Crushed I did it. not even have to talk about his all-pro team in 2001, his <laughs> 10 and a half sacks in Buffalo in 2000, or the fact that he used to be the co-host of Sports Nation on ESPN. All of those were in the hints, but Scott and Frank did not need them today. So um, except for some, uh, you know, a little bit of a, uh, uh, I can't think of it, an aside into uh, some questionable historic trivia. This has been a good day for This Day in Bill's Headlines, October 28th. Founding awesome. the franchise day. Uh, the Bills are 10.5 point favorites over Washington. The Bills have won 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 of the last 7 against Washington. They had a 6-game winning streak going back to the uh, 1993 season. They finally lost in 2015 uh, in Washington, 35-25. Uh, before that, there was the 17-16 game in 2007 that we all attended, and then the 23-0 shellacking in Toronto. Um, <clears throat> so this is actually the first time that the Washington has been here since 2003, um, has been to Buffalo since 2003, because yeah, the, the Toronto game. Been, yep, They haven't been in Buffalo since you and I saw the Bills play Washington in D.C. in 07, since the three of us did and the rest of our friends. Right, no, the last time was before that, right, yep. in 2003. So, uh, yes. Um, then, and they're 10.5-point favorites. Washington, terrible football team. Have they won a game yet? Yes, they, yes, beat, they beat Miami. The Dolphins. Right, that's right. They had the, the close game against the, the Dolphins, and they're, so they're a, they're a one-win football team, um, open to Trent, trading Trent Williams. Uh, your choices are Case Keenum or is it, Daryl Haskins? What's um, uh, Dwayne? Who's Dwayne Haskins? Daryl Haskins. Haskins. World. I'm gonna Google him. He's dead. Uh, <laughs> that much I know, because No, I'm not getting not getting anything for Daryl Haskins as a uh, 
as a deal here. In fact, I'm there. They're making, not getting anything. Yeah, they're making sure I don't mean uh, Dwayne Haskins. Ah, uh, he's so, an NASCAR driver. Ah, uh, okay. Well, like I said, not a thing. Um, uh, just kidding. Uh, sorry to all the NASCAR fans out there. Anyway, uh, the, the Bills have the better of the offense despite their woes. They have the better of the defense despite their woes. Um, I don't think Washington has a particularly strong running game that I've heard about. Um, They've got Adrian Peterson, but it's not 2011. So yeah, and he's not Frank Gore either, defying the the ta- the, the test of time. Right. He does have uh, 283 yards, and he's averaging uh, he's averaging uh, 3.9 yards a carry. So he's he's meh, not terrible, but meh. 14 carries for 76 yards last week against Minnesota. Well, there you go. Do you think that they that's enough to carry the day, Scott? Do you think that the Bills are going to lose? Back-to-back at home to the NFC East, Washington, and Philadelphia? I That seems awfully tough to see. I I, I, I don't want to rule it out, um, but, but boy, that, that would be real tough. I don't, um, I don't think that that's a thing that will happen. I, I think the Bills, um, I think in some ways the last week was a good reality check. Again, it was a game that the Bills – could afford to lose in the pursuit of, of a likely wild card bid. Um, this game, obviously, they're going to come out hopefully a little more motivated. I think they'll be a little more focused. I think that the perhaps more importantly, Washington is not as good of a team. Um, <clears throat> but uh, uh, Keenum also may not play because he's got a concussion. Haskins looked lost when they put him in a couple weeks ago uh, with Colt McCoy, uh, famous Colt McCoy. Still is a backup best quarterback name ever, uh, but not not actually the best quarterback ever. Um, and then, yeah, so I, I can't imagine this one. I could see this getting away a little bit just because I think, you know, maybe the Bills pull away a little bit at the end, but it's not going to get out of hand just because I don't think Allen and the offense are capable of really running away and hiding from anyone. Well, I'll put it at, I'll put it at, uh, I'll say Bills 24, uh, Redskins. Uh, 9, 10, 24, 10. All right. I will disagree with Scott and say Babe Laufenberg is the best quarterback name ever. But the score I'd written down before Scott said anything was Bills 24, Washington 20. I will stick with that score. I think the Bills are still going to be getting over some struggles. They had this same midseason struggle in 2017 for a four or five game stretch. But I think they're just more talented uh, they're more schematically sound. I think Dayball calls a better game, and I don't think they pull away from Washington, but I, I think they they pull out a four four point or so victory. One of these weeks, Buffalo is going to put it all together, even if it's just for one week. I think that that's you've been saying happen. that for three weeks, Frank. Well, Sorry. you know, I'm going to double down. Look, man, it, black or red on the roulette table, it's going to come up eventually. So, <laughs> and I, according I, to Wesley Snipes, always bet on black. Yeah. Wait, Frank. I'm uncomfortable with this entire conversation. The Bills are <laughs> going to win 34 to three. Um, I, they're a bad team. I think that it's going to be one of those deals where everyone's like, "Well, I don't know about Buffalo. Uh, you know, are they going to put it together?" And then they're going to put it together. So you know, and if they lose this game, to me, that's like criminal negligence. Uh, and and they they you know, it's 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 essentially as bad as dropping to Miami. Uh, maybe a little less so, but not in any qualitative way. In any event, 34 to 3 is what I am saying. And what I will now say is that if you enjoy this uh, 
podcast. You can find more of it by searching B Bills MNY. Buffalo Bills maybe next every next year everywhere on Facebook, on the Twitter, on the Google, on the iTunes. You can let us know. We're so happy to have you listening to us. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully we'll be talking about a a Buffalo victory over Washington, but a variety of other Washington victories uh, available to us to talk about or or not talk about just sort of bask in the glow of until then i'm so happy that you listened thank you very much my name is frank i'm scott i'm paul good night everyone